Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Scary Sci-Fi Sluts. These are your hosts. I'm Kenny. I'm Brandon. And this week we are talking about Supernatural Season 1, Episode 2, Wendigo. So if you have listened to our first episode where we reviewed the pilot of Supernatural, we explained how we'll be covering each episode. But in case you forgot, or if you're a new listener, here is just a quick review of how we'll be breaking everything down. So we start by giving any interesting background about the episode or trivia that we dug up. Uh, Then we'll go into the plot summary. After that, me and Kenny will go over our opinions about the episode. We'll talk about some of our favorite scenes, uh, any dialogue that we liked, uh, anything that we disliked. Then we will talk about uh, the main or important characters that have been introduced uh, or anything that will be kind of saved for later in the season. Um, And then we'll also be discussing whether or not this episode follows the supernatural format. The supernatural format is essentially the, you know, death of a random person an investigation, um, things along that line. So here we're going to get into some interesting facts that we um, have about the episode. This second episode of Supernatural aired September 20th, 2005, once again on the WB. Um, This episode was also directed by David Nutter. And uh, if you remember, David Nutter was the same director for the pilot So that's pretty interesting that they kept it around for number two. They must have liked what he was doing. And um, one thing to keep in mind is that this is actually the very first episode to fully follow that supernatural format. Um, The pilot was similar. However, it it started off a little bit differently because... They had to introduce the main characters at the beginning. But with this episode, it truly does go from introduction of monster and death to seeing the Winchester bros investigate uh, some conflict, internal strife, resolution of the monster, and then ending the episode with either some type of conflict or resolution with the brothers. So there wasn't really too much to dig up on this episode other than it follows essentially the same plot as an episode in the X-Files season five. There was an episode called Detour where Mulder and Scully encounter some nasty creatures on a camping trip. Uh, As we get into this episode, you'll realize that that's pretty similar. All right. And I mean, I guess it makes sense that uh, since Eric, Kripke was a big fan of the X-Files that he would make, you know, direct references to to some episodes of the show. So I'm not surprised, but good to know. Now we will hit you with a plot summary. The story this week starts with a group of three campers out in the wilderness of Blackwater Ridge, Colorado. They're playing what looks like Metroid, at least what I believe is Metroid, on their Nintendo DSs. One of the guys, Tommy stops to record a video message on his satellite phone to send to his sister. Then one of the other campers, Brad, goes out to take a leak. But seconds later, he gets snatched up by something in the woods. The other campers hear a scream. One of them, Gary, sticks his head out of the tent to see what happened. But as he does this, he gets pulled violently out of the tent. The last camper, Tommy, is now alone in the tent as some type of creature is running around terrorizing him. We don't see what the creature is, but 
we see its shadow, and it's tall, lanky, and almost wolf or werewolf-like. The screen then cuts to black as we hear Tommy scream. We jump to the Winchesters, who are driving towards coordinates that John Winchester, their father, left in his journal. While on the road, Sam wakes up from a dream of being at his now-dead girlfriend Jess's funeral, where he says that it's his fault that she died. Dean senses that Sam is still mourning after her loss. The coordinates eventually lead them to Blackwater Ridge. Here, they question the park ranger, saying that they're both environmental studies majors at UC Boulder. The ranger tells them that there are a lot of bears in the area, and that nothing is really out in Blackwater Ridge besides old abandoned silver and gold mines. He gives them a copy of the permit that the missing campers purchased, giving them the address for one of the missing campers. They drive out to this address and meet Haley and Ben, who turn out to be the sister and brother of Tommy, one of the missing hikers. The Winchesters say they are park rangers who want to help locate the missing campers. It turns out Haley has hired a guide to take her out into Blackwater Ridge to find her missing brother. Later that day, Sam and Dean do some research about the area and find that there's been a lot of mysterious disappearances or killings of campers and hikers in these woods that take place pretty routinely every 23 years. In all the documented reports, there was only one person who escaped. The boys track him down, and he tells them that back when he was a kid, something broke into their cabin and dragged his parents off into the night. He claims that there was something evil in those woods, possibly a demon. The Winchesters load up to start a hunt for the creature, but Sam is hesitant. He doesn't think their father is here and wants to continue the search. Dean insists that they stay on the hunt for the creature. They head off into the woods and run into Haley, Ben, and their guide, Roy. Roy and Haley are skeptical of Sam and Dean being able to help out the search, noticing that they don't have hiking gear on and haven't brought provisions for the search. Dean reassures them that they have everything they need, whipping out a bag of M&Ms. Dean eventually reveals that they aren't park rangers, but are instead searching for their father in the same woods. In their search, they, came, they come up on the campsite, which is torn apart and is covered in blood. The group hears a voice cry for help in the woods, and they all run out to investigate, but find nothing. Coming back to the camp, they see something took all their backpacks and equipment. Sam and Dean now realize that they are hunting a Wendigo, a mythical creature also known as evil that devours. That is created when a man is out in the wilderness and resorts to cannibalism so that he doesn't die of starvation. Wendigos are very fast and very strong and can imitate human voices to lure them into traps and can be killed only by fire. As the group decides to continue their search, night approaches, so they group up at the campsite. Here, Dean draws an Anasazi symbol around the site and explains that the Wendigo can't cross its borders. The Wendigo knows this and starts to taunt the group from outside their circle. It lures outside Roy and kills him. Once it's morning, the group trudges on with their search and gets split up by a trap set by the creature. Haley and Dean are dragged off by the Wendigo, but Dean was able to lead a trail of M&Ms for Sam to follow. Sam and Ben follow the trail to an abandoned mine shaft where they find Dean, Haley, and her brother Tommy all injured but still alive. In the cave, they find all their belongings and a couple of flare guns and narrowly escape the Wendigo's attacks. Dean manages to shoot it with a flare, killing the monster. Sam and Dean then hit the road, continuing their search for their father. And that is the plot summary for episode two. All right, so now we can 
break into our uh, notes about the episode, our opinions, and yeah. Um, first thing I noticed right off the bat is um, people who are fans of the show um, or people who have watched more than the first few episodes will will get used to seeing this sign come on as soon as the episode starts and it says, The Road So Far. That's how we know um, that they're recapping <clears throat> what's previously happened in the in the uh, series or the season. And a lot of times um, they, depending on the episode, they'll they'll show recaps um, that are kind of specific to the episode that's about to air. So if there's like an overarching story arc that gets tied up in, in that episode or if it's connected, they'll usually do that. Yeah, and uh, if you are watching on Netflix and you're like me, then you would have noticed the skip intro button where you can skip past all that. I don't know who would do that, though. That's just silly. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Well, if you're, if you're binging the series, you don't need a recap. <laughs> Yeah, this one especially is super long. It's like it's like five minutes where they basically play the entire first episode. Right. <laughs> so I guess if you haven't seen episode one, watch the recap at episode two. You'll get the gist. Right. All right. And now we talk about the introduction of the Wendigo. We start off with these campers out in the woods. And I, I just want to say that I thought it was hilarious that these guys were playing the original Nintendo DS. It was like the big fat one. That weighed like five pounds. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, and did you notice that um, Brad's character who was playing the DS, he had something on his thumb, and I don't know what type of attachment he was using, but it looked like a little cheat method or something. Oh, I didn't see that. Might have been like a stylus or something. The One of the guys was... He was, he was the guy from Glee, right? Yeah, Corey Monteith. One of the campers... That tragically dies. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> and also, I'll say that the way they introduce the Wendigo was fucking awesome. Like, they didn't reveal what it looked like. Actually, for most of the episode, you don't see what the Wendigo looks like until the very, very end, which I think is brilliant. I think it adds to a lot of the mystery, a lot of the horror of the creature. Yeah, the, the suspense yeah, especially in in these opening minutes, man. Like, I was actually, I was scared for these guys because the the way it was shot and um, the cinematography, like the way the lighting was set up, right. where you could just see the silhouette but just barely see the silhouette. I think it was it was so well done. And then after that, we move to uh, the boys driving down the road, and Sam's in his Sam's asleep, and he's having his little nightmare where we see him at the funeral and it's where he reveals that he thinks it was his fault that Jess died. Um, what do you think of that? Yeah, I got to say this was one of my favorite scenes. Um, just the overall horror and the, the surprise you get of Jessica's hand popping out of the ground was pretty great. It definitely caught me off guard in the moment. Yeah. She's like, homie, <laughs> you kill me. What the heck? <laughs> Oh, also at that point when he wakes up from his dream and Dean asks if he wants to drive the car, I just thought that was really funny. Like 
not something that he does very often in the series. So he definitely knows that something's up with Sam and he's trying to get his mind off of it. So he lets him offers to let him drive the Impala. He doesn't take it, but yeah, that's about the only um, emotional help that Dean has to offer at times. (laughs) Yeah. But in Dean language, that means a lot. It's I love you in Dean language. Yeah. That's his baby, man. He doesn't let anybody drive his car. Okay, so now after that, they show up at the park ranger's office, and this is where they start start really start um, the investigation, trying to find out what's going on here. And of course, they're only here because John Winchester left the coordinates in his journal, so um, they don't actually they're not really initially there for um, hunting anything. They're just looking for the dad, which I think is cool. They're first, so they impersonate two different, they have two different aliases this episode. The first one uh, is them talking to the park ranger and they explain that they're environmental studies majors over at um, UC Boulder. I thought that was, that was pretty funny. They definitely don't look like college kids with the way they're dressed up in the car they're driving. I'll say that. Um, and then later on, of course, they tell um, Haley that they are park rangers. So it's kind of a nice little twist. But she doesn't believe him from the very start. She asked for ID and she's like, you guys are full of shit. <laughs> right. This is a good introduction into the future of quick lying that we get from these boys. Yeah. It's like every episode, they I swear they impersonate somebody. If one lie doesn't work, we'll just take the other one. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're just not really good at it. Like they sometimes they'll dress up like if they're impersonating FBI agents, they usually like dress up in suits and stuff. But for the most part, no, they just wear their same old raggedy jackets. They don't do anything to hide their identities. So yeah, we're introduced to Haley, which is uh, the sister of Tommy, who is one of the, the hikers that went missing. And I think from the second we meet her actually even before we meet her when they're when the Winchester bros are at the park ranger station and they find out that she um, she had called in. She had been trying to figure out what happened to her brother for a while. Um, we get kind of an image of what kind of person she is like really determined and, and kind of strong willed and doesn't really take no for an answer. So when we finally meet her and um, she, see, she reveals that, uh, she's gonna, she hired a guide and she's gonna go out and look for her brother. Like, I'm not surprised at all. She definitely seems the type to, to do that. Next, we get over to questioning Mr. Shaw, who was the only, um, only person who was reported to have escaped the Wendigo attack. What do you think of his little story, his tidbit? Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. And, you know, at first he, he lies and sees, he said it was a bear attack. Um, but then he quickly admits what it really was and, you know, got into the monster and how they shouldn't go into the woods. It's going to be pretty dangerous. But I will say a little bit of a deep dive because the overall arc of the story has to do with bears. Um, because that's what the Wendigo gets mistaken as. Um, I couldn't help but thinking of a TV show called Weeds. And there's a scene in there where they're watching a bear hunting show. Um, they have a, a line where you can't miss the bear. Um, but interesting fact about that, uh, in Weeds, Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays the dead husband of the show. So it's a little bit of a 
crossover. Oh, weird. I didn't I didn't even know that he was in that show. Yeah, he's he's barely in it. He's dead. So uh <laughs> Um, I swear he dies in everything. He's like Sean Bean. He gets, or maybe he's trying to be the next Sean Bean. He gets killed in everything. <laughs> he gets paid a lot of money to die. <laughs> to die, exactly. <laughs> um Yeah, I I liked their their conversation with with this Mr. Shaw because he was a kid when he was out with his parents. Um he said they, they were at a cabin, so I don't know what that area of Black Ridge is like. If some people own parts of the land and have cabins or whatever, but he said he was in a cabin and um, he actually says that the creature unlocked the cabin door before dragging his parents off. And I, I, I think that's terrifying. Like that's, it's pretty nuts. Cause normally you would just think like it, since everyone thought it was bear attack that, you know, why wasn't there any um, sign of like forced entry or anything? Like how did the bear get in there and attack the parents? But this, this dude literally unlocked the door, crept in in the middle of the night, and then pulled his parents off. I'm not sure how much the budget was, but I feel like I would have really enjoyed it if they had some um, some of that cabin in the woods, like a little bit of trivia there, or like a you know maybe pieces of the parents inside the cave, something yeah. connecting. But that was also, I, I think that one was from like 1959 <clears throat> is when that happened, so it was quite a bit ago. Yeah, so we can pretty much just assume that the the piles of skulls on the ground are yeah in reference they're one of them but then he also um he shows that he actually didn't get away scot-free from from the wendigo because he he like pulls his shirt down and you see four claw marks on his shoulder and they're like deep scars and just seeing that like holy shit this thing it doesn't obviously doesn't care that he was a kid at the time so it doesn't pick and choose who it's going for it just goes and um yeah so mr shaw says he believes that there's something evil out in the woods there's a demon is what he says and uh one thing to note here that i thought was really cool is this is the first time the winchesters uh mention skinwalkers and black dogs as they're kind of they're they're doing like the doctor uh differential diagnosis where they have like a list of all the things that it could be and and they cross off skinwalkers and black dogs as suspects for for what's going on and of course we don't see skinwalkers or black dogs until later in the the um, series actually i believe this season um i just thought that was cool that they mention it so early on and it gets the viewers going like oh shoot what's that there's there's definitely a lot more that they're going to get into that i want to know about you know yeah, it definitely leaves hope for seeing those things come up later. Yeah, and one thing that the the showrunners and the writers are really great about this series is it's never just a dick tease. They right. always they'll they'll tease something in an earlier episode, but whatever they tease always comes to fruition. Like we always see what they're talking about, which I think is freaking cool. Um, and. After they leave uh, Shaw's house, before they, when they're actually loading up for the hunt for the Wendigo, um, we get a quick glimpse, um, a little bit longer than than in the pilot, at Dean's arsenal in the the trunk of the Impala. And here we see so many different things. They've got a bunch of different guns. They've got like stakes. They've got rock salt. They've got different types of knives. So I think it was a cool first little glance at his arsenal. Yeah. I don't know what um, 
what anyone wants more if it's the the impala or if it's the impala's trunk but i think i'd take the trunk in that situation if i could get my hands on something i'll take the whole damn thing man <laughs> that car is is something else it oh god it's so nice and uh, so so at this point we actually we start to see some of the the strife between sam and dean um sam reveals that he's kind of confused and upset that Dean is, is still uh, wants to go out and hunt whatever creature this is, because he doesn't think that John Winchester is actually here. He thinks that their father's just leaving them weird rabbit trail notes to go here and go there, but he doesn't think he's actually here and he wants to keep up the search. But Dean insists that he wants to protect Haley and, and help kill whatever the monster is and so i like the tension that we get at this point in the episode and you kind of see a little bit more of it as the episode goes on so now we're at the point where uh Haley, her brother ben and their guide roy go out into the woods and um sam and dean run into them at the woods um fun fact about roy I, i know this guy primarily from Californication, one of my favorite shows. The actor is Callum Keith Rennie is his name. And he plays this guy, Lou Ashby in Californication. And if you haven't seen Californication, you best hop on it because it's one of the best damn shows out there. It's got David Duchovny. Uh, it's about a sex addict father writer that that doesn't really know how to move on in life and uh, it's really good and lou ashby um played by the guy who plays roy in supernatural he he's like a washed out musician or something like really drug heavy um yeah washed out musician or something something along those lines but anyways just a side note there um so Haley, her brother Ben, their guide Roy, uh, meet up with Sam and Dean in the woods. And Haley reveals that she knows Sam and Dean are full of shit and they're not actually park (laughs) rangers. Surprise, surprise. Surprise there. Um, Does show how smart she is, though. She's she's definitely been catching on. Um, And... (laughs) I probably my favorite part of this episode, the favorite, my favorite scene is when she accuses Dean where she says like, look, I know you're not a ranger. You're not wearing any hiking gear. Um, and you haven't brought any provisions. And he just gives it, gives her this look and he's like, what do you mean? And he whips out a bag of peanut M&Ms. That was the best thing ever. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. It, it definitely packs a lot of, protein so yeah man you got everything you need there he's good to go yeah those are the best m&ms by the way (laughs) um so then they arrive at john's coordinates from um john winchester's journal and sam makes a note that the air is really still and quiet almost too still and quiet and dun 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 (laughs) you speaking music they find the tent there. It's torn apart and blood's everywhere. Um, Dean shows some of his investigative skills. He's pulling a Aragorn and he tracks where the bodies were dragged off to. And he says the trail just vanishes. 
here is where they rule out for sure that it isn't a skinwalker or a black dog. And um, uh, that's when they hear a voice yelling for help in the woods and they get tricked by the smart Wendigo. And I think it's at this point where Sam's like, okay, I know exactly what's going on here. I know what monster this is. And he pulls out the journal and shows Dean the, the page on the Wendigo. Do you want to give a little bit of knowledge, background knowledge on what you discovered about Wendigo? Um, I actually don't have anything. Do you? Oh, I've got a bunch. Uh, so I'm going to do some comparisons with the actual myth of Wendigo versus what they cover in the show. There's a lot of similarities. There are some differences. Um, so in the show, they say the Wendigo is a human that turned to cannibalism and through the cannibalism eventually turned to this creature called the Wendigo. And it attacks every 23 years and it's been happening since the 1930s. Um, a lot of it's happened at Blackwater Ridge. The, some of the powers and abilities that the Wendigo has in the, in the show is, um, Super speed, super strength, super agility. It's it's mostly invulnerable except for fire or those um, Anasazi symbols that, that they show in the journal. And the most key ability that it has is uh, voice mimicking. I thought that was really interesting. And that's, that's something that's... Um, actually ties into the, the actual myth of Wendigo. One of the most key attributes of the Wendigo is being able to mimic people's voices and basically terrorize people by pretending to be, you know, your loved ones or whoever. Um, so in the actual myth and story of Wendigo, um, I think there's been reports or tales of Wendigo since the 1600s, which is, you know, quite a long time. And... They, the sightings go up to about the, the early 1900s, so early 20th century, like 1920s-ish. And the background is basically the same. It's a lost hunter or someone in the woods who resorts to cannibalism and ends up turning to this creature. And the primarily... The story of the Wendigo comes from um, Algonquin Native Americans. It's their part of their folklore. In their folklore, it, it says that the Wendigo is a creature that's almost 15 feet tall, so super tall, um, and it's like a werewolf. Or, um, oh, I'm sorry, they they don't agree with this. That the Algonquin Native Americans don't agree with this part, but this is what. Um, kind of Western culture and media has, has depicted Wendigo as it's depicted as a, a werewolf type creature, really big, like Bigfoot, but it's always, uh, emaciated or super skinny and lanky. Yeah. So from the digging, I, I was able to, to find, they don't agree with that part, but everything else is about the same. So it mimics human voices and, um, Wendigo is actually also known as the spirit of lonely places or evil spirits that devours mankind. So that, that name right there, evil spirit that devours mankind is, is basically what they said in the show, the evil spirit that devours. Um, a couple key cases that have been reported about the Wendigo. Uh, one of the big ones is in 1879, there was a native American named a swift runner um, he was, I think he was some type of like 
tribal leader. He said he was possessed by a Wendigo and he actually killed and ate his entire family. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that messed up? Um, there's another couple ones. Uh, another big one was this guy named Jack Fiddler. He was a OG Cree chief. So another native American group, um, in 1907, he thought he had powers to defeat Wendigos. And the rumor was that he had actually killed 14 Wendigos in his time. Um, but he eventually was arrested for murder for, I think it was attempting to kill somebody over, over claiming that they're a Wendigo. Um, so good job, chief. <laughs> uh, in the folklore, the Wendigo is traditionally seen as a symbol for gluttony or excess, as well as desperation. Um, and you, it, it was primarily in the Algonquin folklore, but you can see traces of Wendigo in Cree. Um, I'm going to butcher this, but I believe it's Saltu, S-A-U-L-T-E-A-U-X, uh, Naskapi and the Innu uh, native peoples. And in a lot of this folklore, they did say that Wendigo tend to pop up in kind of colder regions of the, the U.S., uh, North America. So kind of where the, the U.S. Great Lakes are, more towards Canada. And um, the only ways to kill Wendigo based on the folklore is with silver bullets, uh, a silver blade, or stake through the heart. But then some other places say that you have to shatter it to pieces and lock um, those pieces in a silver box and bury it in a church cemetery. So I guess there's a lot of different ideas of, of ways to, to kill the Wendigo. Um, and in the show, they say fire is the only way. So just some little bit of background on that creature itself. I thought it was really fascinating that there's so much history on the Wendigo. So I think at this point they're kind of setting up camp for the night, um, drawing those Anasazi symbols. Yeah. And I, you guys can't see this of course, but I, I found um, somebody had uploaded a picture of that page from John's journal with all the different Anasazi symbols. And it's really cool. There's a lot of different stuff here. Like there's a sun type symbol. Um, it says, for Southwest America, universal symbol of the sun, four directions, four winds, kind of like the New Mexico, I think it's New Mexico flag or something. Um, yeah, there's some really cool ones there. Oh, uh, one thing I did notice here, I don't know if you caught this part, but while they are sitting around the campfire, Sam and Dean start talking and, and Sam tells Dean, like, look, I don't think dad's here we got to go keep looking for him. There's no point in us being here. Like these people didn't, we tried to get them to leave. We tell them it was dangerous, but they didn't listen. So we just need to go. And um, this is where Dean says the famous line that we'll hear over and over again throughout the series, uh, throughout the series. Um, I think he wants us to pick up where he left off, you know, saving people, hunting things, family business. That is, that is pretty much the infamous supernatural line and everybody knows it right that that definitely popped out um if you've watched the series before or if you're if you're just starting out i guess it wouldn't pop out too much um but for us definitely it was a a huge moment 
hearing that for the first time. Yeah, it, it's like it's almost like hearing "May the Force be with you," you know, or "Avengers Assemble." It's it's one of those keywords. Makes you smile. Makes your heart twitch. Yeah, good stuff. Um, here we get more of the the Wendigos, like trickster antics. So we hear it screaming for help with the human voice, and you know, terrorizes the group there and. That, that shit's creepy, man. Like, imagine yourself in that situation where you're you're out in the middle of the woods, middle of the night. You know this, like, monsters out there that has all these abilities, and all of a sudden you hear it sounding, like, imitating a human, screaming for help. Like, what would you do in that situation? Yeah. I mean, luckily they have two experts um, with them on this journey, but if this were just the... The three of them out there, they'd probably be dead within minutes. Yeah. I mean, and Roy is the perfect example. Like, he starts shooting it, even though Dean, uh, Sam said that if you just shoot it, it's going to piss it off. So he starts shooting it, and then he's like, oh, I shot it. You know, typical redneck, backwoods American. I shot it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go pick it up. I'm going to go skin it. <laughs> I'm going to eat it later. <laughs> and so he, he runs out of the circle and, of course, gets snatched up and killed. And, then, you know, rest in peace, Roy. Yeah. His, thankfully, his death was pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Wendigo didn't didn't want to keep him. He was tainted meat. <sighs> I will say the the lighting here at this scene when they're um, when they're all huddled around the campfire or just after that, when the the Wendigo's terrorizing them, the lighting was on point. Like there's when Sam and Dean were sitting talking talking to each other, and there's like really hard lighting on one side of their face, and it was completely dark on the other side. I just thought that was goddamn. That looked really good. Okay, what happens next here? Uh, let's see. So Roy gets killed real quick. I want to say, do they just go to bed for the night and then pick up in the morning? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if it just transitions to morning or there's like a time jump, but yeah, it just ends up morning time. Right. Oh, here's where they get tricked by the Wendigo. You remember how he did that? Um, I think another voice, right? No, no. So this is where, uh, so they're, it's morning time. They're continuing their search, walking through the woods, and then they start noticing claw marks, uh, the bloody claw marks in the trees. Mm. And, um, Somehow here, I I don't know what happens, but somehow they get split up. So it's Sam and Ben and then Haley and Dean and Haley and Dean get abducted by the Wendigo. What happens next? What happens here? Um, let's see. So they get dragged off. Um, are we to believe that Dean was awake the whole time while he was being dragged or were M&Ms just falling out um, <laughs> like sitting in his pocket? <laughs> That's an image. He's just like he's <laughs> the Wendigo's got him over his shoulder, and then you just see Eminem drop every couple steps. And Dean's like, "No, Eminem." I can kind of imagine the the Wendigo <laughs> having to slap his hand because he's trying to eat while he's getting drug off. He's like, "Bitch, you ain't getting those Eminems." <laughs> I need you lean, not fatty. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't say. Um, I guess that, that's. That's the uh, viewer's choice. We get to decide what we want to believe. Was he awake and throwing <laughs> M&Ms around the place? Right. Like, uh, oh, here's a here's a good, another Lord of the Rings reference. Like like uh, Pippin leaving the the breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. Or not, not breadcrumbs, leaving the, um, the brooch for 
for the hunters to find. Yeah. Oh, and actually, um, I want to say we actually get a Hansel and Gretel episode later off in the series. Hansel and Gretel. Uh, I don't know. Do we? I don't know. I don't remember. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not too sure. There's probably, been probably there's been hundreds of episodes. Um, yeah. So if, if one of you remembers, um, and we end up doing a Hansel and Gretel episode off in the future, let us know. <laughs> yeah, say something about it. <laughs> um, all right. So Sam and Ben follow the uh, the little breadcrumb trail of M and M's. It's like. Um, James Woods in that uh, the freaking Family Guy episode. Oh, piece of candy! Oh, piece of candy! <laughs> it's like, oh, Eminem, oh, Eminem. I for sure would have been eating them. I don't know about you. Yeah, but... I hope he saved them. That's a lot of M and M's. Yeah, don't waste the M and M's, man. Those are the peanut ones too. Like you can't. Don't just leave them there. Dean's gonna be really mad when he doesn't have a snack on the way out. Yeah. Uh, so the trail leads them to an old mine shaft. And they get inside the mine shaft. Um, here we still do not get the full image of the Wendigo. The the director is still teasing us with like the silhouette shadow of, of the Wendigo. But we do see a little bit more clearly now. Um, it's really tall, lanky, definitely really wolf-like. Um, definitely emaciated. And also they, they made reference earlier about how good of a hunter it was, yet they were able to hug a wall and perfectly evade this thing. So <laughs> I'm not sure. It, it was taking a break. Yeah, it was, it was already full. Must not have been too keen on its senses. Yeah, he was in a food coma, okay? <laughs> yeah. The only thing he could think about was the bathroom. Yeah, he's like, bro, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I ain't got time for those two hugging the wall over there. I see them. I ate too many M&Ms. I gotta go. <laughs> and then Sam and Ben find Haley and Dean here. They untie them. And uh, we discover that Haley's brother Tommy is still alive. The boys find their 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 stash of weapons, their bag of guns that they brought for the hunt. And they also find some flare guns. And... Um, Dean goes out all Han Solo like this definitely plays to his character and he's like oh you guys go you know Sam get him out of here and I'm going to go distract the Wendigo and he goes out in the hall like hey you son of a bitch I'm tasty come get me it's like all right, very very Dean Winchester very Han Solo it works and Sam goes to lead the others to safety but when they get near the exit, he he's like, oh, shoot, I can't leave my brother. So you guys go on ahead, and he doubles back, and he almost gets his punk-ass killed by the Wendigo. Wendigo jumps up on uh, jumps up behind him and is about to kill him, and Han Solo comes and saves the day, shoots him with a flare gun. He catches on fire. Before that all happens, though, like when you see the Wendigo creeping up on Sam, it is goddamn scary, man. Like, we we probably see what the Wendigo actually looks like for a second or two. It's mostly just the shadows, but, like, the way it's lit, where you can see, like, all the features of the Wendigo without seeing its actual face and seeing its it, what the skin really looks like. Like, it's, it's really good horror right here. Yeah, they're definitely starting off the series strong with their graphics, horror, and designs. Yeah. They're making sure they keep audiences um, attached to their show. 
Right. Yeah. Like if, if that was a, what I'm assuming it was, it was a guy in some type of like costume, maybe could have been, you know, practical machine, um, doing it, but I, I'm assuming it was a dude in a suit like that. Those practical effects look good. Like it was scary. I couldn't imagine myself in that situation. I would shit myself. Yeah. Um, my pants. what date did we say that this was released? The, the second episode, uh, September 20th should have been a week from the first episode. I think what year 2005. Oh, wow. Um, so the exact same year that the descent came out, which is a horror movie, and oh, based in a cave yeah and the the windigo actually kind of looks like the the creatures in the and that's actually about cannibalism so that's that's kind of interesting well let me, let me look up what those creatures look like oh damn actually i wonder if there's some type of connection here those things are so freaking scary yeah holy crap i wonder which one got planned first or if any of the the writers came from it because it would have been around the exact same time. So to get that that big of a match would be kind of crazy. Yeah, no, that's strange. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's about cannibalism. It's about cave monsters. Nice catch. It's freaky as shit if you haven't seen it. It's interesting. It's one of those movies that like it's kind of a genre mashup. So it starts off, you know, with a bunch of girls going for this cliff diving you think oh hey it's gonna be a you know kind of comedy there's some jokes here and there cute um, little slumber party <laughs> yeah like a, a rom-com girl party <laughs> and then all of a sudden people start getting like decapitated and shit and and then it ends up as uh it's like one of my favorite movies you're next to where the main characters start fighting back the monsters and it's like an action <laughs> turns from a horror to like this action badass movie yeah cue the action music and montages no it's it's definitely good um yeah good catch i didn't know about that uh so then the episode ends with Haley, tommy and ben they're loading up in an ambulance and sam and dean are left behind and of course they sit down and have their their discussion and sam uh sam's like why are you like why are you so up for this? Like, how can you do this, this hunting thing and, and, you know, putting yourself out there when all I want to do right now is find dad and find the person who's responsible for killing Jess. And Dean's like, this is just my life. Like I want to help these people. And like, this is what I'm basically what I'm made for. And it's a good conversation they have. But they pack up and then they continue their search for John Winchester. And this is when Sam takes the the driver's seat. So he he's getting his therapy. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it's a nice little circle because at the beginning of the, of the episode, Sam, you know, Dean offers him to drive them Paula, but he doesn't take it. But then at the very end, he does take it. So good job, directors. Good job, writers. Yeah. And I'm a little bit surprised that uh, he was allowed to drive it again so fast <laughs> because in the last episode, if you guys remember... He busted the, the <laughs> headlight, but apparently Master Mechanic Dean already fixed it up. So even though this is supposed to be a week later too. <laughs> so plot hole, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Um, so what did you think about this episode overall? Was it more dramatic, comedic, scary? What? How, how do you feel about it? Uh, I think we're we're a little bit more into the the comedy horror side of things um since they didn't they didn't really have to introduce a whole lot this episode 
So they, they had a lot more room to play around with comedy and Dean's quips. So yeah, I think, I think definitely comedy horror. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I, I definitely think it was, it was a very horror centric episode and it does have a lot of like comedic sprinkles throughout it. Like it's compared to the first one. And of course, because the first one was a pilot, it, it's going to be totally a lot different. Um, I feel like this was a very good scary episode. Like it was, if this was just airing on TV and someone happened to flip to it, never seeing the show before, I feel like this is a good introduction to like what the show has to offer. Like it's, it's definitely got the, the very, um, visual images of like what they think is like scary, what, what types of monsters that they have in their, in their, you know, their book. Yeah. And I guess depending on which scene the viewer, uh, turned it on to, it would probably be more horror than anything. Yeah. So did you have a favorite scene? Oh, definitely when Roy dies. Um, <laughs> my head went straight to Predator. Um, they could have cued the the clicking sounds and oh, yeah. it would have just been spot on. <laughs> the only thing it was missing was... Uh, I bet someone out there has an edit of that. <laughs> yeah. They should have um, put in the tri symbol, the the little green dot, oh, like on his forehead or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, what was your favorite character in the episode? Um, I, it might've been Jessica's hand. That, <laughs> that could have been a good <laughs> favorite oh, character. Boy. <laughs> um, no, but really maybe the, uh, the park ranger who didn't take any of Dean's shit. He just, he immediately was like, bullshit. Why are you guys really here? Wait, the park ranger who which one the the initial one that they tried lying to when they first got there oh and they said that they were from uh from they're, UC. They're college students yeah 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 i feel like that this whole episode like no one was buying their bullshit yeah. <laughs> they didn't try hard enough they probably had to go home and they're like all right we need to do a little studying on our our we, lying you gotta recoup here rethink Maybe things. we should buy some costumes <laughs> yeah i feel like uh character wise there's there's some some cool characters in this one. Who was like, your favorite, though? Uh, I I probably say I I definitely liked Haley's character just because she was she was so like upfront, like badass, like oh I don't I don't care. People are giving up the search on my brother. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go find him. Like I'm gonna go out in the woods with this this hunter guy and I'm gonna go find him. She just didn't take take shit from anybody, and I thought that was it's pretty cool. Yeah, she was a real um real Buffy in a sense. Yeah. Independent slayer type. She's like, I'm going to get stuff done. So that, that was good. Um, anything you didn't like about the episode? No, I don't think I'm going to dislike anything until maybe season two. Um, I don't think they really have any crappy parts of the show this early in the show. Yeah. Uh, someone comment in on when we get to episode four and I immediately take that back. And you're like, wow, this episode is full of shit. <laughs> it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like just from my, my recollections about season one, like, I feel like you're, you're mostly right. Everything's pretty good, but I do think there's points where, um, it does get a little bit lower in quality. Um, but we'll we'll definitely get around to that. Yeah, we'll pick those apart when they come up. Yeah, exactly. So what would you rate the episode, though? I Let's see. I think last week I gave the pilot an 8. I feel like I was thinking back. I feel like I was a little generous. I think I, sh- I would have actually given it a um, 7, 7.5 or so. Okay. Because I think this, this episode for me definitely is like a 9.5. Oh. I think it's it's 
a solid, solid episode for season one. And you just, you get to see a lot of Dean's humor. You get to see more of the buildup between um, like the strike between him and Sam and like what Sam's going through right now. Uh, I thought they introduced it really well. And um, by the end of the episode, you definitely see more that like, what's what's bothering him like how is he going to get through this like you, you you just you learn a lot more about sam's character and at the same time they introduce this terrifying scary ass monster and um, these other characters that are um you know contribute to the story and and you know roy the hunter he's he's kind of typical uh archetype you know badass like redneck guy that gets killed and we got to have that guy but yeah, I feel like it was really good. Really, really scary episode. So nine and a half out of ten stars for me. What about okay. you? Um, I mean, I think I was a little bit more critical. I, I gave it a seven and a half. Um, oh, okay. I think personally I just wanted a little bit more horror scenes. Uh, there, was, there was a little bit of dead space in there, and they could have done, you know, maybe a couple more tauntings from the Wendigo or just maybe a few, like uh, – scare scenes really i'd say i disagree i feel like they, they did a lot of it like at the start you see him running around but you don't see what he looks like he's just snatching dudes up left and right and then later on you see him like calling for help in this pathetic little human voice and then he's up in the trees with like bloody scratch marks and he's hiding in a cave like this dude is terrifying man yeah but you know there's always room to to improve okay all right <laughs> seven and a half and i get nine and a half well i guess that brings it to an eight collectively <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of uh, Scary Sci-Fi Sluts. If you enjoyed our discussion, have any comments or criticisms, or just want to say, hey, please leave us a review on uh, whatever you're listening to us on right now. Um, At the time, we're just on Podbean, but we're going to be expanding to other sites, other apps like Apple Podcasts. Uh, We're working on Spotify, um, Stitcher, stuff like that. And um, we are currently working on setting up some social media, too. So if you like us, you can follow us on everything, share, retweet, do all that fun stuff. And um, what are we I think we're in the process of figuring out what we're doing for next week. What's what's the plan? Yeah, so currently we're going to we're going to take a little break from Supernatural and I think we're going to get into a movie possibly. So we're going to we're going to look into doing a sci-fi or a horror, maybe a sci-fi horror one of the two. Yeah, movie or actually I mean if you guys have opinions like we're we're trying to figure out how we want our flow to be right now. We've done two episodes of Supernatural. We also have Twilight Zone and X-Files in the books. Um, There's a lot of different movies we can cover. So if anyone has any opinions of what you'd like to hear about next, just shoot us a message, leave a comment. Um, Yeah, you just let us know. But so next week probably won't be Supernatural. Uh, will either be a sci-fi or horror movie or an episode of a different show, whatever we think is the best way to go. But thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate all your love and the feedback. Until next time, stay scary and stay sexy.